Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of Bases Loaded. I'm just all kinds of all over the place tonight. <laughs> my name is Mike. My name is Mike Curland and I'm your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. I am joined tonight by one of my co-hosts, George Montanez, who you can follow on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. George, busy day. What's busy up? Busy couple days. Everything's Heck going yeah, on. we got so much going on. We got TGFBI going on. We got our website. What? I mean, yeah. What, what, I mean. what web? What website? <laughs> For those who don't know, we just launched basesloadednetwork.com. This was something that we originally thought about doing a year ago, but it was just a thought. We literally started. It's been about almost a year to the day that we started this. Like about, it's been about eight days ago. We actually been was the first podcast I ever recorded by myself. So it feels like I didn't think this was going to happen so quickly, but there was just so many things that just said, you know what, let's do this. And honestly, early thoughts, this is actually going really well. And it's actually scaring me. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, man. It's something that we've kind of been bouncing around for uh, like a couple months now that the idea that eventually, you know, we've turned this into a, a website, a, a network, sort of speak, uh, which I mean, that's that's what it is now. Bases loaded network. We're not just a pod anymore. We're a network. So it's really exciting, man. Um, now you know to to kick it off and really cool, really cool, exciting things uh, happening. The bases loaded page is now at bases loaded FBN FBN instead of pod because it, again it's a fantasy baseball network. So bases loaded FBN is the Twitter. You can follow the the podcast the podcast and all the stuff that's coming out from us we just hired yes i say hired because we are paying our guys too Uh this is just amazing it's just we have we've hired five new writers and you know what i was gonna do i think i was gonna save it maybe this podcast has dropped the same day so let's find out let's let's introduce our new writers our new uh crew so to speak so you know you still have jort as far as the podcast goes we might ease them onto it but it's really still gonna remain a lot of just george myself mike and zach Uh uh-huh but as far as the writers go, we have Connor Rooney at C underscore Rooney underscore. We have Kalen Elslager. I'll never say his name right. At C Elslager FL. We have Christopher Wentworth at Chris W underscore sports. We have Adam. Oh, man, that's a tough last name. I should ask him. N Renreich. Adam N Renreich. I think that's probably wrong, but sorry, Adam, if you're listening. You can follow him on Twitter at Mel underscore Reich. R E I C H. And then we have Taylor, who's actually one of SP Streamers writers, and now he's writing for us as well. He's uh he's part of the team altogether, I guess, if you want to say. And you can follow him on Twitter at Taylor underscore Bauer. And honestly, I would like there's a our, we have an IT guy now as well. This it's a, it, this is Tyler Bard uh but Boudreau. I'm not sure which Twitter he wants to be discussed. I will shout him out in a future podcast. Without these guys, though. Bases Loaded Network wouldn't be kicking off as strong as it's probably going to. Early March, you'll see content coming out. Again, I know you can fast forward through all this. I get it. But this is just, we're excited. We want to be, we want to show our thanks for our new 
guys, our new venture, and this is just going to be a whole lot of fun. It with is. that, with that said, we can talk about this all night. Heck, George and I talked about it for about thirty minutes before we got on because it's just really exciting. We have a new YouTube page. Oh my god, I forgot about that too. Forget about <laughs> it. You, you can search for a Bases Loaded Network on YouTube. You'll see the links in, on our website, on the Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, tonight's episode eighty-three. We're finally getting to the content, <laughs> and we are talking about just was it third base rankings. What what was it again? Oh, rankings update. Sorry, third base rankings update. We're going to talk about some guys that there's some red flags, some injuries early on in spring training, some guys that just maybe playing time isn't looking in their favor, albeit in a small sample size. So maybe there's some overreaction on our side. Mostly my side because I do those daily updates these days. So, um, but with that, with that being said, man, we're just going to kind of go through. Let's just go through the rankings and see. We're going to look at um, our Fantrax consensus rankings. And I kind of teased it Balich you go with everything that's gone off gone on in the offseason Nolan Arenado and Bregman at the top for both of us one and uh-huh. two respectively what do, what is your confidence level with them we've seen them both slip out of the first round in most drafts and all that so what is your confidence level with those guys yeah I mean um we've actually I've actually seen in our TGFBI league Alex Bregman went at pick 24 I believe so I mean that's a pretty big fall there uh, and then obviously Nolan Arenado with, I, I guess, you know, there's the trade concern uh, of what's going on there. Um, I, myself, I passed on Bregman at 20 for Freddie Freeman. Um, and that was a little bit more of just like a positional thing. I think Bef- they offered before he, uh, I'll say before he had the uh, flare up with the elbow. Right. Yeah. Would you still yeah, do that? that right before. Would, would you still, would you still do that move right now? Um. Based on how the draft is gone, you know, it's just hard to say. I think I still would. I don't think I'm too – I'm not too worried about Freddie Freeman quite yet. But, um, I, I mean, yeah, obviously it's not – you don't like to see that, you know, a player that you draft and uh, already, like, you know, he's he's dealing with some nagging things. So we'll, we'll see, but I'm not too worried yet. I have to move Jose Ramirez up my rankings, obviously, because you know what? I took him over Bregman, and I honestly value him over Bregman. So Jose Ramirez is my number two third baseman. What do you have to say about that? You know, I have no problem with that at all. Um, I'm actually – I actually need to move uh, Ramirez up to four here. Um, And it it really – you know, rankings are one thing. You know, we we can sit here and and rank these players and, and, you know, decide who – is better who we like better but a lot of times you know we're playing this game and it, it's really about team construction it's about how you want to construct oh, your team for sure and i think didn't i text you or text the group team construction is greater than adp or greater than whatever like i was like just basically build your team that is first and foremost the most important thing so I'm with you, man. Right. So while like so while I have like Raphael Devers at three, because I, I just I'm a huge Devers guy. I love Raphael Devers. If you I have no problem taking Jose Ramirez even at the top of like the first round. In a 15 teamer. In a 15 teamer. I mean, even at the turn and a 12 teamer, because of the value of those stolen bases. So I'm right there with you. No, I have no qualms about you having Ramirez number two, just because of, you know, how important those stolen bases are. I mean, it it really, at the end of the day, it's really how you build, how, you know, how you build these teams. That's really the ultimate goal of what we're trying to do. And what has me a little concerned again, it's a stupid concern. I'm aware it's probably not the smartest way to go about thinking it, but I, I mentioned it to you right before we got on was just Bregman and the Astros in general I'm wondering if they're like how healthy are they going to stay this year? Are, <laughs> are there going to be suspensions because they're already getting hit? They've done really well ignoring it, kind of just taking their hit, literally taking their lumps, uh-huh. and, and go and you know and not not making any big deal out of it. But we've seen Bregman hit, we've seen Altuve hit. I don't see this not. I don't see this you know stopping anytime soon. Is there a chance that they get injured? Is there a chance that they say screw it, I'm fighting, and now there's suspensions? Like these are little things that's like, although very minor, still technically a concern of of a sort. And it's like not necessarily. I don't know if I want to knock them down a tad because of it, 
but yeah. I'm definitely like you know I'm definitely starting to think about it. The more video like I'm watching videos of you know these guys getting hit. I think it's been seven hit by pitches in the first like five games of spring training. Like it's ridiculous. So because that that's gonna happen, I don't think it's gonna change in the regular season. It might happen more, and it's gonna get old. And eventually, someone's gonna fight, and it's gonna be a big deal. I'm just saying it's gonna, or they might get hurt by when they get hit by a pitch. We've seen that happen. Mike, uh, Mike, wow, Mike Stanton, wow, I'm John <laughs> Carlos Stanton got hit in the face on accident. You know what I mean? Like, what if somebody's aiming at him? They move out of the way and get hit like perfectly where it hurts them. You know, you just never know. Freak injuries happen. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen to Bregman. I'm just saying that that's like one of those weird potential. Like, if it happens, it's like, oh, I, I told you it could happen. If it doesn't happen, oh, you're an idiot for thinking it. It's a lose lose for me, whatever. But it's just something that's, cro- <laughs> it's something that's crossed my mind. I spent way more time on it than I should have. Well, I just hope that they get it all out of the way in spring training. All these teams that want to go ahead and do that, I, I hope. But I, I'm not going to you, – you're right. Like, one of these days, like, could we see a brawl happen? And then that's the thing right there too. I mean, if a team decides to go ahead and, and throw at them in, in the regular season, I mean, how do they react? And, and can they keep their composure? And, and do we see, you know, a fight or – is there a chance for you know suspension? Maybe this is just like thinking too much about this, but like you said, but um, no, I mean, I, I definitely, I see, I see where you're coming from there. And moving on from you know the whole Bregman, and it, this goes into the whole Rendon Devers, like pick your poison. I can understand Devers over Rendon. You like you like it that way. I think I'm still favoring Rendon over Devers, but it's getting closer every day uh suarez i have to move him down i haven't since obviously i haven't done these since the injury but it seems like he's on track to play opening day but even so i'm still i've softened my stance on him quite a bit because that skill set just isn't anything special yes the home runs are great but i'm with i'm more along the lines of of how you're thinking like why would why do i want him over machado why did i want him over machado even chapman like maybe i would take him over matt chapman but not over donaldson like, like that's the thing is like why did I ever like Suarez so much? I, I think the I think the second half and the big home run pr- uh, production really like swayed me. But at the same time, we saw the first half and that's impossible outcome too. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I so I was I think I just spoke on him enough, but I know you. Yeah, I was a little him. skeptical about um, Suarez going into the season already. So just the injury just kind of has him as a fade for me right now. I have him down at 12 in my third base rankings. So we'll see. We'll see how he progresses from the injury. But yeah, I just, I, I don't like that big spike in, in strikeout rate. Um, you know, he did pull the ball a lot more. That's a good park to hit in. So I, I, I don't doubt the, I don't doubt the power. I, I do, I do doubt the average. I, I'm just not sure that it's going to be there. And so that was my whole thinking was like, well, how is he any, how is he any different than like Mustakas, who's going, you know, who was going at the time much later. Now they're much closer together at this point, but yeah, it was a good, uh, it was a good comp at the time. And I was a little late to the party. So that was, <laughs> that was, that was a good one. A guy that's kind of interesting. There's two of them right here. Very interesting to me that kind of going down my, I'm, I'm actually going down my older rankings. That I haven't updated, but still feel pretty similar about, and we're uh-huh. just kind of, t- cause I'm noticing your ranks. They're relatively, they're all in the same area. So we're just kind of spitballing about them. Our thoughts, but Yoan Moncada and Chris Bryant. Two things I'm going to point out real quick about them. These, da- By the way, for those who don't know, I've been writing these daily lineup takeaways. Essentially, I look at every single spring training lineup that gets thrown out there, and I make notes of like th- like trends I'm noticing and lineups that are getting put out and the ins and outs of everything. And these two stick out in the sense that Moncada has been getting everyday playing time as far as batting second in that lineup. And the White Sox are one of the like four or five teams that keep setting up pretty much almost what looks like an opening day lineup. They keep sending one out like every other day. Uh-huh. And it's kind of cool to see that's like this could very well be the opening day lineup pending injury and signing. But he's batting second. And then you have Chris Bryant when he's in his lineup. And we've heard discussion rumblings of this already. He's leading off. That significantly changes his value as far as like you know you're not the RBIs are going to go down the runs are going to go up but will he steal more we don't know we don't know what, what Ross is as a manager so there's a lot of questions to be asked there a lot of answers we don't know but still very intriguing guys what are your takes on them yeah absolutely I mean um, 
Mankata, I mean, he's he's slated to to bat what third in, in that lineup. Uh, he did he stole ten bases last year. Second, I think actually. I don't mean to interrupt, but this uh, the way it's looked this year, it's been um, Anderson, Mankata, Abreu, Edwin. Um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I can't. Mm-hmm. I probably oh, I actually have the daily lineup. I have the tab up. Um, I'll tell you in two seconds what it was today because um, Anderson, Mankata, Abreu. Edwin, Mazzara, Eloy, so probably flip those two, and then Robert McCann, which obviously, I and mean, that's nothing. Grandall, I forgot about. So Grandall wasn't in this lineup today, but you get my point. Like, yeah. you have all these guys. There's no way he's hitting third. He's probably hitting top two, and that, and then that's. I'm. I really want to see a full lineup, man. It's awesome. So excited for this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, anyway. it's exciting. It's exciting, but I do have Bryant um, still ahead of of Moncada. I do trust the power. Um, you're probably looking at more runs if he is going to be leading off. And then I trust the average as well. Mankata uh, still you know, struck out a, a lot, almost 28%. Uh, mm-hmm. I think 27 and, and some change. Uh, and then that BABIP over 400. Uh, that's that's not going to happen. You know, He's more of a you know, maybe 350, 360 BABIP. Uh, but um, yeah, that, that 315 average is definitely not going to happen again. So I... I do still have Brian just ahead of Moncada, but I, I definitely see the the huge potential there with uh with with Yoan Moncada. Yeah, it's really a I've re- I've realized it's a preference with people moving down the ranks here. You have another kind of another group. I mean, all these guys are one tier for me. I literally did my third base update, and these guys were literally bunched together. I think like all these names we're talking about. Uh, but Vlad, I've really softened up on my Vlad hate. I'm okay with where he's going. I actually have him ranked right. I have him ranked above Machado, above Chapman. He's going around that. Like, I have him right with Chris Bryant. And honestly, it depends on how I've built my team. I might take Vlad over Chris Bryant. But I'm like, he's he's supposed to be, you know, I'm still watching for the production, but he's going to be batting cleanup. I wish he was batting third, but it looks like he's going to be batting cleanup from these early takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, behind Guriel, Biggio, and Bichette. So that doesn't get much better than that as far as RBI potential, opportunity and potential. And then, you know, the whole best shape of his life, the lifting his swing chain. Uh, oh, yeah. Swing. That's what I wanted so, to hear. <laughs> that's really putting all that together. I want to see what comes of it. And we could be seeing the breakout from Vlad that people wait for. I don't know, man. You know, rookies, you can't bet on that. People were trying to. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that this year. Yeah, I have him seventh, and actually in between Bryant and and Moncada, him and Bryant, right, is is really a, a close call. But um, yeah, I've been kind of kind of high on on uh, on Vlad, and you basically you you hit it on you hit on everything there. I mean, fourth, they've already come out and said that it, it is pretty much you know what they envision for the the regular season as Bichette, um, Biggio, and Guriel. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be in a position to drive in a, a lot of runs. So I have a lot of issues because again, I, those daily lineups, I can talk. I, I told you I could talk about every one of these players because I know at least um, an early idea of like at least what other people are saying and what we're seeing. I'm just very in tune with it right now, so it's like I can just talk about these guys forever. And I'm like, oh yeah, wait, <laughs> I, I have a co-host. I have to let him actually give his opinions. So we'll jump right over to Manchado and Chapman. And, and Donaldson and Muncie, <laughs> those four. Like I know, I kept. So I wanted to stop. I realized that like, you know you have Machado, you have Chapman, you have Donaldson and Muncie, kind of in this other grouping of. They could be easily. Again, I think I actually tier them all together, and I just. I don't know, man. I don't know what to think. What are you doing with this tier of guys? Oh man, yeah, it's tough. So, I do have Machado one spot ahead of Donaldson. Um, I think it's just the potential of, you know, maybe he runs uh, a little more again. Uh, otherwise, hey, Machado, what did he say? He swole as hell. Is that what he said? <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah, he said he, um, you know, he's coming into the season that he's not really fo- – he doesn't have to focus on the business side of things, uh, you know, this offseason, you know, more more focused on get, preparing and, and being ready for the regular season. So I was actually, you know, kind of in on Machado as a, as a bounce back. Uh, so I do have him one spot ahead, but gosh, I just love the value with Donaldson right now. He, Donaldson's probably the the best value at third base. Uh, yeah, he's still a value somehow. I there are guys I'm really coming around on. A little later, we'll get to that. I think 
could finish in this tier and you're getting them after. So it's kind of like a great, I think we're going to start getting to that good value because it's very underrated guy. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm sure you, once you, once I say the name, you'll know who it is. I'm not there yet. We're not there yet, but yeah. I, yeah. I just, I, I love Donaldson, man. That twins lineup. He's who man. Yeah. You and I both. The only thing I'm con- little, like, if there's any concern, it's, you know, players first year of a big deal on a new team. Machado is literally the prime example of it, but I think Donaldson's been on new teams almost every year, the last four years. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, so you know what I mean? And he did well with the Braves last year, so but it wasn't a big deal. Either way, you know my point. It's like there's always the concern of, you know, some type of decline when you go to a new team. He, You know, he's not familiar with the pitchers. There's a lot of that, you know, potential for that. But if you're not familiar with the pitchers, this is the that's the division you want to be in. Outside of the White Sox, like, you know what I mean? And – yeah, and the, and, the, and the Indians when they're healthy, you still get to beat up on the Tigers, the Royals, and the uh, and who else is in that division? <laughs> the Twins themselves. That's why if we can't, he can't hit against his own team. Newsflash: Why it's yeah. White Sox Twins? It's the White Sox, White Sox Twins, Tigers, Royals, Indians. Yeah, so whatever. He can't hit against himself. That's why I'm like, who else is in there? It's his team. How about that? How about that? Who'd have thought? Um, moving on to. Again, uh, Chapman is Chapman. Uh, I, I, I don't think I think he's a I think he's a Donaldson light almost because mm-hmm. I think I think although he has that upside, I just think Donaldson's power is better, and you know he's hitting a better park. So I think that's why Donaldson could see edge in redraft leagues. But I think Chapman, I, I shouldn't call him a Donaldson light. That's that's not fair. I think he has that same potential, but I think the floor isn't as high. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I like the the lineup, the park better for for Donaldson. I, I do have them uh, right next to each other. Have Chapman at eleven. Um, you know, also like the plate discipline. You know, obviously Donaldson is really elite in that in OBP. So he does have yeah. that edge there. But sure. I mean, Chapman, you can't go wrong with there. Chapman too. You know, he's going to play every single day. You know, they need his defense out there. Uh, still, I mean, still a decent lineup. So. Now, yeah, they're right next to each other. So, what's your thoughts on Max Muncie? Oh man, um, <laughs> weren't expecting that. He's the third baseman. We're talking about third baseman. No, yeah, I, he's just one that I'm just. He's just another one of these guys that he's another one who's really, really solid in, in OBP. It takes a big, you know, boost in OBP points just because of of his elite walk rate. Uh, but aside from that, like in standard leagues, I mean, you know, you. 250 30 to 35 home runs there's just feels like there's just so many of those guys and i just don't know if there's much room for more um like whereas donaldson i could see him you know with 40 plus home runs and you know boatload of, of counting stats but um i mean muncie is not far behind all these guys are really close so it's just it, it's tough and and the dodgers of course have a extremely extremely good lineup so it's it's really is tough to, to kind of differentiate here um, between these guys, but I mean Muncie's right there though. Would you give Muncie the edge in I guess deeper formats for the, for the multi positional eligibility because he has first, second, and third base eligibility? Yeah, absolutely. That positional eligibility is huge, especially when you are in like these fifteen team leagues. That's why I drafted him. <laughs> yeah, the, this positional eligibility is absolutely key because i mean it allows you to do so much you know later on in the draft like you know you can go so many different directions you get sniped on a guy that you like at a certain position like well you know you can move muncie over and and adapt you know, pivot adapt exactly so that that positional eligibility is absolutely huge it, it's actually it's actually kind of the reason why i took uh Cattell Marte. I, I just that's why i have him uh, like ahead of just ahead of albies it's just one I example, but <laughs> yeah, that, that positional eligibility is is just so important. Yeah, no, I agree, especially in like you said, the deeper formats. But I found myself with in a shallower format liking it too because it allows you to stream more hitters in as well because you know there's more on the waiver wire to do it. If you, you can just kind of move Muncie around and pick your poison off the waiver wire. Yeah, so and especially its... go ahead. I was just going to say, especially like in head-to-head formats um, and head like head-to-head points, you got guys with positional, like multi-positional eligibility. I mean, that just allows you to carry 
you know, fewer hitters on, on your reserve. And in that format, you know, you just stack your bench with, with pitchers and it's like you win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we have DJ LeMayhew and Jeff McNeil right behind all these guys. I think you are, you're a little higher on LeMayhew than I am, but it's about preference. These are both, these are within the same tier, but these are your high floor guys. Mm-hmm. That's a bad, there's really nothing to add to them. They're safe, solid, sell them and forget them. I did notice they have McNeil leading off all spring so far, though. Does that change your opinion on them? Uh, so I have them, yeah, I have them pretty close here. Um, I do have LeMahieu just ahead. The thing with LeMahieu is, I mean, his power was legit. Everything he did last year was legit. His bad ball uh, data on, uh, like, line drives and, and fly balls was, you know, right up there. Uh, it only took him, like, 10 years to lift the swing a little bit. Right. <laughs> and, and he could still, you know, he still has room to improve on that, too, especially in that park. So, um he was I buy, in Colorado and couldn't do it all those years. Did it in this first year outside? That made that really frustrated me. I had I did is, not, I couldn't buy into it. That is frustrating, right? It's like Daniel Murphy going into Coors and not doing anything. Oh, <laughs> but you know what? This year, oh, don't get me started on the Coors situation with Josh freaking Fuentes. Oh my gosh! For those who don't know, I tweet about him. I talk about him to my guys all the time. Josh Fuentes is the is the bane of my existence. Like. I can't do it. I can't even right now. Okay, I can't even. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, I I do have Lemayhew ahead of of uh, of McNeil because I do buy the power a little bit more. Oh, I, I agree that... with you. I agree with you there for sure. Like uh-huh. those two, I have McNeil, I have Lemayhew ahead of them, but I just feel like they're very similar players. One, they are. So that's all that's that was it like again if you want this is where you do you go for the upside or do you need, or did you go for upside early and need a roster stabilizer these are your stabilizers and they're multi-positional eligible eligible so that helps uh-huh but i'm gonna go ahead and move on to mustakis your guy i'll let you take a four on him we rank him similarly but that just that goes back to the depth of the position yeah i can't believe like we're we both like mustakis but we're down here you know in the mid-teens and here he is and he's still a top 100 guy almost. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. That many, that many third base eligible players going that early. Exactly. It, it is crazy. He's got second base uh, eligibility there, too. In a great park. The only thing I have, you know, Mustak is another guy that's like, you know, 250, between 250, 260, 35 home runs. Uh, obviously, now in a really good park. The only thing I will say about Mustakas that gives me a little bit of pause on him is that his contact rate has. Uh, dipped year over year over the last couple years just a little which sometimes you see with aging players and so that that for me just uh so like it just locks him in at that floor you know where he's like 250 35 home runs I just don't think there's going to be any more than that I don't think he's going to hit 260 or 270 I think it's going to be 250 um right around there yeah, and that's like you said, that limits his uh, potential and upside. Then you have, see, this is where I start loving it. You have Justin Turner, Miguel Sano, JD Davis. Well, maybe I just have JD Davis here. Um, Sano's Snow's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so all spring so far, he's hit literally like between the three and the five hole. And that would be like, oh my god, yeah, that's what I totally expect, right? Most people are gonna say that. Unfortunately, you are mistaken because that has been with like you know some starters in, some starters out. You go ahead and look at the Twins because you know again it goes back to the Twins just being full of dong chasers. <laughs> Don't I have a you know I have a shirt from Rotoware that says that on there because my first ever team was called that. Like I had to buy the shirt, so now I walk around with a shirt that says dong dong chasers on it. Oh but my god. I wear I wear it with my wife. It's appropriate. Um, <laughs> goodness, why did I go that route? Oh, um, I really do have the shirt. I'll take a picture. Uh, so, anyways, back to the snow talk because that tangent was totally uncalled for. Um, Donaldson, yeah, you know what? I this is why it was on my mind. It was on my mind. I feel the need to justify it now. It was on my mind because I'm going to first pitch Arizona. Uh, Arizona. Wow, I, that's that's a ways away. I'm going to first pitch Florida. 
And this might be this might this recording might drop while I'm up there if I have time to edit it or shortly thereafter. Either way, I packed the shirt to wear it there. So that's why I think it's on my mind because I might nice. be wearing it. I might be wearing it for, for my first day there tomorrow. So that, <laughs> that's why it's on my mind, probably. Anyway, getting back to the topic at hand, I apologize for the stupid tangent. Going back to Sano, you have Sano, like I said, batting in that middle of the lineup right now, but it's been incomplete lineups. If you look at Savant, you have Kepler leading off, Polanco hitting second, Nelson Cruz hitting third, Josh Donaldson fourth. Eddie Rosario, fifth, Mitch Garver, sixth, Luis Arias, seventh, and Sano, eight. I could see Sano moving seven, Arias, eight, but that's, I don't see a way for him to hit higher in the lineup without an injury. Do you think he's going to force his way up, or do you think he kind of is just, it's a, it's an embarrassment of riches. It kind of is what it is, and this is what he's going to be stuck doing. Yeah, I think that's exactly, that's exactly it. I could see him moving as high as sixth ahead of Mitch Garver. Um Maybe though, like that's right. if Mitch Garver shows that last year wasn't for real, right? Um, but I mean, you know, Sano did knock you know a ton of home runs in, in the limited time he even did play, but yeah, I mean, I could see him as high as sixth. I'm not too sure how I'm not sure how much much higher than that just because of how stacked that lineup is. Yeah, that's I, I. You know, I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Let me see where his splits are from last season. How where he was hitting? Uh, looks like he played a lot. Okay, batting fifth and seventh. He had uh, forty seven games batting fifth, twenty nine batting seventh. I think he'll be right around there. And that was that was without Josh Donaldson in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like- I think sixth or seventh is where we can expect Sano to be. Exactly. So yeah, that's why it's like I wanted to make sure I pointed that out because I don't because like people are getting very excited about Snow and rightfully so because he could legitimately hit fifty. He can. There's no question. Oh, absolutely. But he can also hit two fifty and be limited to like eighty RBIs on those fifty home runs because he's hitting so low in the lineup. Although hitting behind a right, I don't know. I feel like this is one of those weird lineups to where even though he obviously loses value hitting that late in the lineup. He still is in a good lineup, so it's like you're still gonna do okay, right? Um, and you know, I do like the move to first base. Hopefully, that can preserve his health a little bit because that's really, you know, that's a really a, a big time concern there. Um, with Sano, I'm not even sure. You know, has he played more than 120 games before? I don't think so, <laughs> but he's supposed to be going to first base this year. That'll probably help take, lighten the load a little bit, maybe. Right, so his 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 high is one sixteen in two thousand sixteen, you know. So I guess right. Yeah, <laughs> winner winner chicken dinner. Okay. All right. On that note, we're gonna go ahead and take a brief break, and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. So Justin Turner was a guy. He's the one I've come around on big time. I just took him in TGFBI as well. Mm-hmm. You just you look at that lineup: Mookie Betts, Max Muncie, Bellinger, Seager. Pollock, Lux, uh, Will Smith. Like these are off the top of my head. I'm not sure the actual order, but you know Turner with his on base skills and his good batting average, just everything. He's gonna hit probably second or fourth between him and Muncie going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he's just injury prone, so he, you're getting the discount. But man, take advantage of the discount. I think he's my favorite value at third base right now. Favorite value because I mean a lot of these guys we talked about we like are going inside the top 100. This guy's like around 180 ish, take it or 160 ish, whatever it is. Take advantage of it and enjoy the profit. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is one of those guys that you know I would love to have like on a roto team, um, but a guy that I would stay away from in a head to head, just because you don't know when you know you'll lose him you kind of got you at this point you know you, you kind of have to discount maybe at least 20 or 30 games so it's, it's just one of those in, it's built into his price though exactly yeah yeah but it's just one of those things for me that i look at when i'm uh you know differentiating values between like head-to-head and roto like roto you could bank on it bank on his average you know 25 home runs boom uh in that lineup you're gonna get good counting stats in in the the games that he's in but like in head to head like it's just one of those things where like well if he misses time that's that's you know weeks that i'm going up against somebody that i'm not going to have him 
exactly it's not maybe it's not a huge difference it's just one of those things that that i look at i I typically tend to stay away from uh these kind of guys in in head-to-head because that's more of a weekly format so exactly yeah and then you have jd davis here which i almost quit fantasy forever when i heard he got hurt right away (laughs) he got hurt right away in spring training now it it is a little uncomfortable or dis or concerning is the better word that he's had this labrum issue going on for like a while now. And yeah. he, I, I guess he just had no new damage, which is good. But still, I don't know if I would have been so happy to be so high on him with the with the shoulder. So what am I doing? He's the top of my queue with, as my next pick in TGFBI because I'm doubling down, guys. I'm doubling <laughs> down. I'm J.D. Davis all the way to the bank or to the – or to the ground, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm gonna make it to the bank, or I'm going bankrupt. Like, it is what it is. I am still in on JD Davis. The injury scare is behind him. It seems like he'll probably be back in the lineup sooner than later. And I still expect a good, solid year out of him. You know what? I think this is just good timing for you. I think the injury actually was good timing for you because if it hadn't happened, he would be off the board right now. And you're coming up at pick 197. And if if you do get him, like. You got a discount already on a guy that, you know, we're both tagging to, to break out. And yeah. so, I mean, it's, and, it's great. I mean, 197 is is great for, for Davis here. And the thing about it is he's been getting regular playing time at third base in spring. So I think, I, I don't know, I thought McNeil's supposed to be getting first at third base because, you know, Cano, Cano hasn't played a lot. So when Cano comes back, Davis should shift to the outfield. But Davis did get a couple of field starts. So... I think they're getting. They were getting him in the lineup often. He, I think, you know, he's better than Dominic Smith at this point. He just is. But right now, Dominic Smith's getting the playing time. I'm hoping Davis rushes, not rushes back, but gets back and gets back in the competition, so to speak, and gets Davis. Reminds the Mets what they're missing, type of thing, because Davis is better. But all in all, not concerned about the injury. I'm still drafting him with confidence, and I'm taking the discount while it's there. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Tommy Edmund should slot in to more of a everyday playing time with Carpenter going down with the back already. And obviously I'm not saying the back's going to linger into the regular season, but the back has always been an issue and it's not going away and it lingers in general. It's like always there, even when it's not act, even when he's not out injured type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of had a little bit of trepidation regarding Tommy Edmond when they came out and said that they're looking at right around 500 um, plate appearances for him this year. So that kind of turned me off to him a little bit. I I thought, yeah, I mean, you know, you can't, I mean, he was so good. He was so good last season. Like, you know, why would you cap him at 500 or or even set that expectation? Um, But yeah, like you said, Carpenter is already dealing with uh, back issues. It's, it's been problem before. I think I'm with you. I'm I'm definitely taking the over on, on 500 for, for Edmund. So and they've been doing it this spring. They've been literally bouncing him around. Again, another guy, second base one day, left field the next, third base the next. He was legitimately – I don't know if he played shortstop, but it wouldn't surprise me. They've been practicing what they're preaching. They've been sent, They've been literally shifting him around everywhere. Okay, so the next couple guys here, you have Guriel, Yoli Guriel and Eduardo Escobar. Boring. They are what they are. Yeah. You and I are both low on Escobar because a lot of what he did last year just doesn't seem sustainable with his skill set. So we're kind of banking on him reverting back to kind of his um, his career norms. Although he did pull the ball, ball a ton last year, an absolute metric ton. He pulled the ball. So maybe that helped, obviously. But you see the first and second half stats, the, the, the counting stats, which I know ca- hashtag counting stats matter, I know. <laughs> but the, but the batting average was like like night and day. It was like two eighteen in the second half or something crazy, and like two seventy or two eighty in the first half. So I'm not willing to take the hit at batting average at third base when I don't have to. That's why I'm lower on him. Yeah, um, uh, I know you I thought mean, about taking him. I talked you out of taking him. So hopefully I'm not wrong. 
No, yeah, I did think about taking him just because um, I needed to make up some counting stats, and I think I, I do like the addition of Starlin Marte there. He, he'll be, oh yeah, you know, uh, counting stats shouldn't really be a problem for for Escobar. Um, yeah, thirty five home runs. I'm not buying that though. I think he's back down to uh, you know about twenty five. He ha- hadn't hit more than twenty three before, and that was just in the last two years. He hit twenty three in twenty eighteen, and then twenty one in twenty seventeen. I think that's right around where he should be. Um, so Escobar, I think a big reason for the power, though, is I think was just the pull rate because nothing else really changed other than the pull rate. Seems like one of those things like, you know, first the tri- big trend was, you know, the fly ball stuff. And now, like, it seems like now everybody wants to pull the ball. Especially with the shifts, you would think it would be. Uh, well, th- that's what screwed up. I think that's part of what screwed up Jose Ramirez. He was trying so hard not to hit into the shift. That threw his swing off and got him into this funk. He just, I think he just decided to say, screw it and go back to his thing. And look what happened, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, and then you get, okay, now we're going to get into the sleeper talk because we kind of already, like, obviously not, 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 not that we're there, but now it's a bunch of guys that pick your poison. There's just so, it's such a deep position. We just went, what, 20, like 22 players, like about 22 players deep at the position, maybe 20. Yep. And there's still so much more. So, in in order in order to save time, maybe let's say three. Give me three names outside these top twenty third basemen that you would peg as sleepers this year. Guys that you're just higher on, maybe. Um. Well, first one here, Ryan McMahon. Um. I did see that Bud Black uh, wants to get him 150 games this year. He he. Oh, you know, yeah. he he mentioned him as uh, in the, mentioned him being in that same growth pattern as like Nolan Arenado and and Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story. He wants to get him just as many games this year, so that's a big thing because you know that that's a big uh, storyline with the, the Rockies is you know what's the playing time going to be for basically everyone outside of those three Story Story Arenado and and McMahon. It's like who's going to play where and 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 how often and. So I like that. I like that a lot. I like hearing that for, for McMahon. He's someone who, I, I mean, if he just lifts the ball a little more, I mean, come on, you're in cores, dude. Lift the ball a little bit. Uh, he's just he's got a high high ground ball rate. But um, when he does hit it in the air, he, he crushes it. I mean, he's got really good um, exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. So I, I like McMahon. I like McMahon a lot. So. Yeah, he's someone I hear, and he's got third base eligibility, so he's got second. Or I'm sorry, second base eligibility. So uh, I like that. Another guy who could be picking up second base eligibility is Scott Kingery, um, who I, I really like. We hear now that he's getting contacts, that he had vision issues last season. So if I mean, if that's fixed, he he can he can absolutely go 25, 15. You know, yeah. maybe even get close to 20 steals. Um, so Scott Kingery is someone I like, and, and Gene Segura apparently is looking comfortable at third base uh, so far in spring training. So if Kingery gets back second base eligibility, all of a sudden he's got second, third, and outfield, which is which is pretty unique. So yeah, I, I like I like Kingery here, uh, McMahon, Kingery, and then uh, let's see, last one I'll throw out there. Uh, Don't take my guy. You have a fight. <laughs> Oh man, um, don't do it. I know you want to. Well, I know you like a couple guys, so I'm just not sure which one you're talking about <laughs> here. Um, so I'll just go ahead and go with Starlin Castro. There you go. That's your guy. You can have him. Okay, yeah. So Starlin Castro, um, I'll, I'll go with him here. Second base and third base eligible moves from Miami to Washington. So that's a huge shift there in team context and park context. So you like that already? Uh, you could pretty much, you know take his a, a good batting average uh with with Castro you can pretty much count on that uh he just c- completely went off in the second half i think it was a 302 average and 17 home runs in, in the second half last season he put together a, a stretch of uh where he lowered his ground ball rate across the last 4 months of the season and that's kind of been a pattern with him uh, he's been lowering his ground ball rate over the last couple of years so if we can get a 280 average in washington it, it, with him batting in the middle of that lineup is probably going to bat maybe like fifth we can get like a 280 average hitting behind 
Turner and, and Soto and, and Robles and Eaton. That's that's going to be awesome. I mean, maybe 20, 25 home runs and and driving in those guys. So I, I like I like uh, Castro a ton. Copy that. All right. So time for me to end up and strong. And I don't really think I have it in me, but we're going to try. All <laughs> right. So third base sleepers. This is a tough one. I definitely have one name. I will start with Travis Shaw, who wasn't even in my top 40 at one point, And I realized that was just dumb not to include him in there. And a lot of it's just, I'm starting to realize, like, I feel like last year was the outlier. When you look at 2017, you had 31 home runs, 100 RBIs, 101 RBIs, 10 steals, which was weird, with the 273 average. The, the 273 was always skept, skeptical, sketchy. And then next year in 2018, he had those same 32 home runs or same 30-plus home runs, a little less RBIs because I think he just hit in a different part of the lineup, but hit 240, probably more to his true form. And then last year... He didn't do anything. <laughs> um, I, th- I think it was it started in the spring where he just couldn't get going in the spring with striking out all the time, and ultimately I think I think it, he messed up his swing because if you look at his um his launch angle in 2017 when he hit the 32 home runs 14.6 in 2018 with 32 home runs 16.6 last year all the way up to 24.4, absurd. And with it and with it was um his barrel rate took a big hit although it was the same barrel rate as 2017 pretty much it still took a significant hit and with it the, it was, and the weird thing though is he he walked a ton last year so the plate discipline wasn't terrible but he struck out a whole bunch so it's like he saw it's like it's weird almost like he saw the ball well but then he didn't like yeah so there's so i think i think i guess what i'm trying to say long way of saying last year just seemed like an outlier i don't think he suddenly forgot how to hit and I think what is he like 29 or 30 years old? 29 years old. He's getting his change of scenery. Should be hitting should hit fifth in that lineup. And we talked about how good the front four are. Hitting fifth could be a very, very, very good thing for him as far as fantasy value goes. And he's free in drafts. So win, win, win. Yep. And another guy I'm starting to really, really like is Brian Anderson of the Marlins. That could be the Homer in me coming out. It could be me just finding a little bit of value we actually do have in this lineup, but this is one of the teams in the spring training showing their, you know, a little bit of what most they're most likely strutting out for the certain, you know, start of the year. And you have VR leading off, you have Anderson hitting second, and I'll give Zach some credit there because Zach was the one that was on Brian Anderson a long time ago, and I was like, no, I'm Garrett Cooper, and I was definitely wrong because after, <laughs> after 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 after, but. In my defense, this is after additions because VR was on the team. You didn't have you didn't have Corey Dickerson and you didn't have uh, Jesus Aguilar, all of which are surrounding him now. So you have Brian Anderson, probably in his best lineup since he's been a Marlin or starting you know starting player, a starting third baseman for the Marlins, and he's gonna be slotting in the two hole. Looks like so you have him behind VR, who should get on base at a solid clip. You have lineup protection behind him, so he'll see pitches. And the guy's always been a two sixty to two seventy hitter. He, he, you know, he put up 20 last year as far as home runs go. You're looking at a guy that can just give you a little bit of batting average, a little bit of power really late. I know third base isn't not a huge need, but that skill set is valuable in your deeper formats and can be a good corner infielder for you. So I really like him this year. And, and he put up those 20 home runs in only 126 games last year. So look up, I got to look up. Now, now I got to look up his launch angle change because I'm sure there has to be one if he – or just the juice ball. Like, we'll see. We'll tell you about two seconds when I get this information because <laughs> I didn't realize how many home runs he had. Because, again, he's a Marlin. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, look at that. There was a launch angle change from 8.7 uh, degrees, 8.5 degrees in 2017, 8.7 degrees in 2018, and 11.1 degrees last year. With the, with the launch angle change came a barrel, with a, came a 3% barrel rate increase. And the home run production went up. Oh man, this could be real. Oh man, <laughs> I'm very excited, and I am tweeting this tomorrow. Um, this is awesome. I, I didn't even like. I'm a Marlins fan, and I didn't realize these changes. I wonder. It's just it's hard because sometimes you're you're so blinded by how bad your team is. Like you know these players are good, but you just never like. You know what? This team sucks. I'm not gonna look into their players. They're useless. This is a good player, and he made some changes. He's entering his age 26 season. 
this could be the year it finally comes together. He's always had a good hit tool. I'm excited. Is it weird to say I'm excited for Brian Anderson? Because I, I know he's a Marlin, so I'm a little biased. But, hey, man, you could be excited for whoever you want. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't, I never looked at, I've never honestly looked at a Savant page because I've really, I thought, I just thought he was who he was. But maybe, you know what? Castro was on the Marlins and he made this change. Yeah. Maybe Anderson took note and did the same thing. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's possible. Hey, I'm gonna look into him a little bit. I still don't have a third baseman in TGFBA. <laughs> <laughs> I have like three, so uh, I need outfielders. But and the last one I will talk about, and before we get out of here, I kind of went deeper for those two. <laughs> there's really there's a there's another one that's even deeper. Michael Franco. I really want to. I can't do it. He's batting fifth for the for the Royals. He's legitimately a late round flyer, even in deep leagues. Oh man! But yeah, I'm not doing it. Don't worry. I'm not gonna say yeah. You should get him. Although <laughs> I, I am okay. I'm gonna call him. He's a sleeper for sure. I'm and I'm gonna keep watching this. But David Fletcher might edge out Tommy Lastella, and you gotta watch that. So this is more of a keep your eye on it pseudo sleeper because right now the 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 Angels are one of those few teams. Again, that goes back to like four or five teams. They're one of them that every other day they swap out like the, a lineup with literally. Trout, Rendon, Upton, Otani, oh, sorry, Otani, Upton, Pujols in that order from two through six. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's their starters with, with Simmons batting eighth and all that. Like pretty much their starting lineup, right? And every time they've had this lineup, David Fletcher's who's leading off, not Tommy Lestella. So I don't know if that's signs of things that come. You would think it is. It's just so early. You don't want to commit to that line of thought. But Lestella's getting all the love, and David Fletcher is the one you can get at the far cheaper uh, price and better value. And he's literally he's literally eligible everywhere but catcher. <laughs> so, <laughs> for those who don't pay attention, like a like a true degenerate like I do, to every single lineup, that is something I found very intriguing, and it's happened pretty much two or three times already. So, like I said, it's, it's a trend, and I'm just I'm I'm watching these trends to see what happens so that's me my last one i think i'm good good stuff man good stuff sometimes i know what i'm talking about sometimes i get lucky it's all the same <laughs> with that said guys we appreciate listening as always if you hit that five star rating and review we greatly appreciate it um obviously again we have so much going on at bases loaded network now follow that on twitter and and instagram at bases loaded fbn you can also follow george on twitter at roto underscore nino stick with us check us out check out the website hit us up on twitter glad to answer questions glad to just we're doing things man this is awesome yeah hey i've never been vp of anything i'm vp of bases loaded network (laughs) yes zach is the zach is a co-vice president i couldn't leave these guys out of it they are totally totally in it with uh, with me we we started this together hopefully we're gonna finish this together i don't know what finishing means at this point because i'm still talking and I'm supposed to be finishing this podcast so on that note guys i hope you can sense our excitement we if you're still listening thank you so much for supporting us this is all this is because of the ongoing support and really because you're got you guys we are just constantly doing this and putting it pushing it to be a bigger and better thing so thank you all so much for the constant support and as always guys we will talk to you soon